You're listening to Brazen Bookworms, Unrighteous Reading Rebellion, a reform book snob's journey and musings through all things romance. Some language may not be safe for all ears. Frequent use of sarcasm may occur. Hey, bookworms. So this is a short one, just my musings, and had some thoughts on a couple things based on uh, some stuff I've seen online recently. You know, I like to uh, take the discussions I've seen on Facebook and some things on Instagram and even on TikTok and BookTok and um, bring it to you guys, give you my thoughts and see where everybody else stands on this. And one that's come up quite recently and quite a lot recently is tropes and triggers. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about what is a trope versus what's a trigger are tropes in themselves trigger warnings? Um, when do tropes become trigger warnings? And at what point do trigger warnings cross into spoiler territory? So um, backing up a little bit just to talk about what each of those are. And from my understanding, again, remember, I'm relatively new to romance, but I'm not new to literature and to writing and to reading. Uh, and tropes and triggers and spoilers are all something that you'll find no matter what genre or subgenre or type of reading you're doing. Uh, they are inherent in writing themselves. And I think a lot of times we become very reliant on tropes to steer us in the right direction of what we want to read. Um, there are a ton of them. I'm just going to go through romance because that's what we're all here for, right? Is talking about romance. Uh, there are a ton of tropes out there. And um, there's even something that I've heard recently called a sub trope, which is also interesting in and of itself. And I don't know how far I'm going to dive into that, but suffice it to say there's tropes and there's sub tropes and there's genres and things are different. So uh, a trope talking about that, um, kind of a theme, things that you'll find that are pretty standard um, that have a very specific um, theme to them that kind of guide the plot. Uh, things like um, brother's best friend, enemies to lovers, forced proximity. Um, these are all tropes. These are all things that create the plot, um, are inherent within the setting of the novel, the book that you're reading, and move the story along. And uh, for me, really good books have multiple tropes. So you're not going to find just one trope in a book that is super interesting, usually. There are some, but I think if you dive deeper, you'll find that there's more than one trope. So like for me, I love, 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 love an enemies to lovers, workplace romance, forced proximity. Um, that's one of my favorite things to read because uh, I just, I love the way they come together and doesn't matter if it's a rom-com or it's a romantic suspense or if it's dark, doesn't matter. Those coming together for me are kind of like my, my trope catnip. Uh, but there are other tropes that seem to dive into trigger territory, which is interesting to me because I never thought of it that way until recently when uh, somebody brought up the secret baby trope of being a trigger. Um, and I did a little deep dive into that and I read a lot of posts that went with it. I thought, okay, that is really interesting because um, for me, I don't see it that way, but I don't have the background to see it that way. So let's talk a little bit about what creates a trigger. And um, this word has been tossed around and co-opted by people who don't really have the best intention sometimes. Uh, so 
let me talk a little bit from my experience about what a trigger is, a trigger warning is, and um, what my research into this has shown uh, just based on my reading, my background, etc. So a trigger is something that might um, that somebody might read something that will cause an uncomfortable uh, feeling, a sad feeling, or will trigger a memory or a situation that will make them um, upset, that will make them, um, gosh, you know, I'm trying not to use trigger words in and of themselves, but uh, maybe I can do it this way. Some examples of some trigger warnings. Let's talk about that. So some examples of triggers might be um, abuse, uh, domestic abuse or child abuse. Um, it might be self-harm. Um, animal abuse is another one. Uh, sexual assault, loss of a loved one, um, overdose or suicide, an eating disorder, uh, body dysmorphia. Uh, and then there's the miscarriage. And this is where I was starting to see, okay, I get how um, secret baby in a trope can become a trigger. And the discussion that I was following was mainly centering around this trope as a trigger. And it really got me to start thinking about how we look at these tropes and triggers. Now, I'm a fan of Secret Baby in one aspect, some aspects. I know some people are like, nope, that's a hard no for me. I don't want to read any Secret Baby um, because it might trigger memories I have of a situation I was in. For example, um, a miscarriage, an unwanted pregnancy, um, things of that nature. And I can 100% see how those can be triggers for people and how that trope could be very upsetting and damaging to someone who's been through a situation like that. Now, all that being said, uh, I am a fan of certain secret baby books, certain secret baby tropes. And um, they're not a trigger for me because maybe because I've not been in that situation. Uh, I have, I will, I will put this out there. I have very, very limited triggers. Uh, I will read just about everything. Those of you who have been with me for a bit know that I read everything from uh, rom-coms to dark romance and erotica and everything in between. Uh, the honestly, okay, <laughs> this is, I don't want to minimize this, but the only trigger for me is if you tell me it's a, a spicy or steamy romance and it's sweet, that is a big no-go for me. I am not a fan of sweet romance. I will read women's lit and I will read fiction and, and literary fiction all day long because I know that's what it is and I love it. If I go in thinking it's a steamy romance or a slightly spicy romance, even a one pepper romance, and it's totally sweet, I'm going to be very unhappy. Um, so I don't, I would not consider that a trigger. That's just something that for me makes me very unsettled because I was looking for one thing and I got another. So in that situation, a secret baby trope that is hidden in the book. I can see it being a trigger for someone who thinks they're reading one thing and then finds out they're reading something else. Um, within that secret baby trigger and trope that I find a lot of people have is the way it's presented. And um, that's very similar for me. So I am not a fan of um, the I am pregnant and I am not going to tell the father because 
I want to be mean about it. <laughs> okay. I understand the, I'm pregnant. I'm not going to tell the father because he's abusive and I'm leaving the relationship. Totally get that. I am a fan of, I am pregnant. I've had a baby. This was a one night stand or a one off or a weak fling. And I didn't know I was pregnant when I left the relationship and I have no way to find him. Um, that I'm a fan of. In fact, there are several books I have read that I am a super fan of that have that as part of the book that I feel is done really beautifully. But I can understand how someone who um, has this as a trigger and goes into the book not knowing it's part of the story can be upset by that. So going back to my following of this conversation of when tropes become triggers is the difference between them, a trope versus a trigger. So I think we've kind of established that. So here's my question and something that I've been trying to answer is, when does a trope become a trigger? At what point do trigger warnings cross into spoilers? And whose responsibility is it to decide that? So here's where I get down to the conversation that was online about um, should tropes be part of a book listing? Uh, is it the author's responsibility to discuss every single trope and every single trigger that might be in their book, knowing that um, by giving that information, they're going to be helping readers who don't want to read that, but at the same time, providing spoilers for readers who want it, but don't want the spoiler. So is a trope becoming a trigger part of reader beware? Is it reader responsibility versus author responsibility? Or does that fall a little bit to the reviewer side of responsibility? And here we go. I'm going to take it a little bit further. Does a reviewer have a responsibility to other readers to give that information out, knowing again that it might be a spoiler. Now, I think when you're talking about things that are solid triggers, so for me, solid triggers, things like abuse, things like self-harm, things like assault, um, overdose, suicide, eating disorder, for me, the loss of a loved one. Oh, that's another good one that I just thought of. Loss of a loved one. Those are solid triggers for people. And I think should be denoted somehow. Now that could be in the blurb. Um, even something as simple as, um, trigger warnings are available on the author's website or, um, you know, trigger warnings available below if you have like a way to, to, to hide spoilers in a review or something. Um, but I, I think it's essential that certain triggers have some type of um, indication that they are there. Even if it's not listed in the blurb itself, somehow there should be a way for a reader to get that. And I've noticed a lot of authors going to putting that on their websites uh, where they'll have right on their website, trigger warnings, a button you can push, and it'll say what the book is, what the trigger is, um, and it's all right there for you. Uh, some authors put it in the uh, front matter of their books, which is great 
if it's a book that you can read the front matter before you buy the book, because I know um, for some people that I know that are readers, they don't have Kindle Unlimited, they buy the book. What happens if they buy the book and then in the front matter, there's a trigger warning that is a trigger for them and they decide that they don't want to keep this book, that they've already purchased it. So then they return it. I get that. I, I have no issues with that whatsoever. But how does an author save themselves of the um, purchase and return? Because there's usually a penalty associated with that to the author for something like a trigger warning. So I'm a fan of the website, you know, the author's website. Because the other thing I've been hearing lately from authors themselves and some PAs is that if an author puts a trigger warning in their listing for their book, that it is somehow either suppressed in advertising or their ads are downright denied because it has a trigger warning in it. And we know that there are certain platforms that are very weird, sticky, picky, obnoxious about the way that they run ads and what they allow in their ads. So here's the, the question is the responsibility aspect of it. Is it okay for a reviewer to list trigger warnings and spoilers in their review? I think as long as the reviewer says, hey, this is a trigger warning that might be a spoiler. So if you don't want any spoilers, don't read my review, then it's there and it's okay. But I'm going to put some responsibility on the reader also. Because if you are a reader who has heavy triggers, but you also don't like spoilers, at some point you have to say, well, I'm going to miss out on some really good books because I don't want to read the spoiler that might give me the indication that there's a trigger in this book. And that hurts me as a reader because I want to share all the books. I want everybody to read all the books that I love, but I know that there are triggers. And as a reviewer, I do not put spoilers in my reviews. I don't like to do that to people because I don't care about spoilers personally. All right. I will actively seek out certain spoilers. <laughs> I'm going to out myself right now on that. There are certain spoilers that I'm like, I need to know what's going to happen. <laughs> I am a page jumper. If I am getting to the point in a book where I'm like, oh my God, is this really going to end the way I think it's going to end? I will jump to the end of the book uh, before I go back. But and, and I will seek out some reviews for certain books that have spoilers in them because I have to know how it turns out. Um, I am not a fan of angst. We know this already. I like certain levels of angst and certain types of angst, but not all types. So sometimes I need the spoiler, but I know that I am in a very, very, very small minority there. So when I write reviews, I am very careful about not putting in spoilers. Um, so then a lot of times that means leaving out certain tropes and certain triggers. And I am having a hard time reconciling how I honor readers who read my reviews um, and are going to need that trigger information versus the readers who read my reviews who don't want it because it's a spoiler. So here's my question to you guys. Where do we stand on providing adequate warnings? Are tropes 
trigger warnings in themselves? How do you list a trope to keep it from being a trigger warning? Or do you just put it all out there and say, look, I'm the author. These are the tropes. And if it's a trigger warning for you, I understand. I'll be sad that you don't read my book, but I get it. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I think authors have a responsibility of identifying tropes within their books because one, certain people seek out certain tropes. So you want to know it's there. Like I love forced proximity. So if your book says this is a forced, forced proximity romance, I'm going to be like, Ooh, I'm going to one star up that at the top of my list, star, 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 got it there. I'm going to go read it. Um, that's on my personal list. I do not free star books in Goodreads. This is another, okay, squirrel moment. Somebody recently told me that there are readers who will go to Goodreads and when they add a book to their want to read, they will star it based on how high it is on their review, on their, their read list, which sucks because then that shows up as a rating on that author's book. Don't do that. Come on, folks, please. Can we be realistic here? If you haven't read a book, don't use the stars on Goodreads as a way to designate, I'm going to give this one five stars because I want to read it sooner than this three star, even though you haven't read the book. Okay. Sorry. Back to, back on the rails. When I have my TBR and I bump things up and down on my TBR, um, we're talking about Audrey too here. This is my personal TBR. I put things higher on my TBR based on the tropes that are there because if it is a forced proximity, worst pl- workplace romance, enemies to lovers, it's going to rank higher than a um, brother's best friend. Because although I love a brother's best friend, it's not my favorite trope because for me, I have a problem with brother's best friend because, all right, another squirrel moment. If this dude is your best friend and he's good enough to be your best bud and you're staking your reputation on this man being your best friend because you're judged by the company you keep, but he's not good enough for somebody else in your life to be their partner. He's probably a sucky dude and you shouldn't be friends with him. So there, I'm going to say it that way. Not all brother's best friend is done that way. I know. And there are certain brother's best friends who were done that way, but then there's a shift I know, I get it, but it's not high on my tropes want to read because of the way it's traditionally been done. But if there are certain tropes that become triggers, I can see how you don't want them on your TBR. So I I like when authors put their tropes out there because one, for me, it's that catnip aspect of, ooh, moving this one higher on the TBR because it's got all the things I love. Or I really don't like this. So I'm going to, I want to read it, but it's not as high on my list. So I'm going to move it down a bit versus this is a trigger for me. I don't want to read it at all. I'm not going to put it on my TBR. So I am, um, I admire authors who go in and put their tropes out there because it allows us to make those decisions without the trigger. Okay. Um, So then another thing that came up is when we're talking about the type of romance that we're reading, should there be an inherent trigger warning in it? So rom-com versus dark romance, because that was part of the discussion. Is a certain trope in a rom-com 
more of a trigger or a taboo than it would be if it were in a dark romance. Because dark romances, for me, inherently have a bit of trigger warning in them. Even if the tropes are never listed, if it's a dark romance, there's going to be some type of trigger in it for someone. So is the trope and trigger necessarily needed if it's a dark romance or as needed if versus if it's a rom-com and it has something in it that could be triggering? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe part of the reading journey and part of the reading adventure is finding things as you go. Um, and if you've never read a dark romance before, but you know that it has a very specific trigger, you might stay away from that dark romance, but you might like others. Uh, so there might be something inherent in that also. Um, but again, I think for me, that's more of a reader beware than a, um, author responsibility thing for the dark romance. Whereas with a rom-com or a contemporary, maybe it is more essential that the responsibility go to the author. I don't know. See, this is why I want you guys' opinion. And I really, really do want y'all's opinion on this because I know that there are various camps on this that have different thoughts on it. And people who have way more experience in this than I do will have very different opinions. Um, and I'm always open to those opinions. So I want you to share them. Now, here is something that I am going to put out there as my solid opinion. Um, and you can disagree all you want to, but I do not think you're going to change my mind on this. I think as a reviewer, leaving a bad review because a trope was not adequately addressed in a blurb is awful. That's my opinion. And I don't think you're going to change it. Here's why. You can still leave a very good review about the book as it was written. Address the fact that you think the trope that's in there is a trigger and should be addressed and still not bash the author or bring down that rating because you did not feel you had adequate warning that a certain trope was discussed. I am separating this out from trigger warnings, just trope. Okay. When I write a review and God, I feel like I'm sounding like I'm getting preachy and you know what? I don't care. Um, my podcast. Anyway, <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you read a book blurb and you decide you want to read that book, you are getting as much adequate information as the reader is the, the author, the writer can give you to pull you into the story. You have the obligation, unless you're an ARC reader, because then the reviews might not be out there. But if you're an ARC reader, you know the author well enough. If you are reading an author for the first time or reading a book that they've written um, that might be a different subgenre from what they normally write, and you did not do the due diligence to read reviews that may have discussed tropes and or triggers, you read the review or you read the book. Wow. See, I'm getting all, oh, I'm getting all agitated here. So I'm, I'm losing track. You read the book and the book is well-written, um, is complete, 
is normally something you'd love to read, the author you'd love to read. Um, it's not riddled with errors that you find or whatever. Um, and you liked everything about the book except the fact that there was a trope in there that led to a trigger that you didn't feel was adequately addressed and you one star the book. <sighs> wow. That is, um, to me, that is, the, that's sucky. I'm gonna put it out there. It's shitty. Put it out there even more. Because to me, a trope is not a necessity for an author to provide where a trigger might be. Might be, not is, might be. But I have a problem with a one-star review or even a two-star review. And yes, I'm bringing this up because I read them, I saw them, and they they stuck with me because... How do you read, how do you leave a review that says, and I'm paraphrasing because again, I used to screenshot these and then I'm like, shit, I'm bringing so much damn negativity into my life and my world by screenshotting these because they aggravated me so much. I don't want that screenshot on my phone because it aggravates me every time I look at it. So I am paraphrasing. And if you really want it, I'll go back and find it for you, but I'm paraphrasing. How do you leave a one-star review that says, I love this author and I loved everything about this book except. And then you, you go on to blast the author because you weren't given adequate warning about something that was in the book that can be easily seen as a trope, not a trigger. And you one star the book. Okay, I know. I'm taking a breath <sighs> because reviews are personal reviews, are opinions readers are entitled to write any review they want to write and leave any rating they want to write. It's all within their realm of what they are allowed to do, capable of doing whatever. But we have a responsibility as readers who then write reviews to adequately portray the book as a whole to other readers. And if I read something that's a trigger to me and everything else in the book was wonderful and I still love the author, even though there was a trigger, I can't in good conscience write a review that talks about how wonderful the book is and how much I love the author. And then one stars it because there was a trope or a trigger that wasn't discussed in the blurb that I didn't know about. That was a personal trigger to me. That's just me. You may be very, very different. And obviously there are people who feel differently because those reviews are out there. But you guys know, if you've listened to me before, if I cannot leave a review on a book that would be four or five stars, I will not review it. That's a personal thing for me because I know that writing is a form of art 
And I know that there are readers who will find joy in things I did not like. And I'm not going to disrespect the author's work and effort and time and energy that they've put into something that may be a complete yum to someone else because it was a yuck to me. I'm just not going to do that. That's a personal thing. Maybe someday I'll get over that. Probably not. Don't expect that from me. You're not going to get it. But going back to this idea of responsibility and where it lies and how it affects other people. Is there a happy medium? Is there a way to adequately address tropes and triggers that allow people to find their perfect books without feeling like they've been um, misled, without feeling like they've been um, brought down, without feeling like they've been triggered, for lack of a better word, because I don't know what it is. Is there a way? Is it a reviewer's responsibility? Is it a reader's responsibility? Is it an author's responsibility? And are we blurring the lines between tropes and triggers? And, okay. You guys can yell at me for this if you want to, but I'm going to say it anyway. Does equating a trope to a trigger minimize triggers? I don't know. Does equating a secret baby trope, because this is the one, I'm using this again because it's the one that was brought up the most. Does equating a secret baby trope in a novel to a trigger warning for miscarriage, inability to conceive, etc., does it minimize the tropes or the triggers, sorry, themselves of miscarriage and inability to conceive. So we know a lot of romance novels have pregnancies in them. Whether it's secret baby or not, quite a few romances, most that I've read, whether it's in the book or in the epilogue or in a subsequent book in a series, will at some point have a pregnancy. And there are some books I have read that deal with inability to conceive and miscarriage. And I do see those as triggers where I do not see secret baby as one. I see that as a trope. And I do welcome feedback on that where you find, if you find that secret baby is a trigger rather than a trope or when the trope goes beyond into a trigger. Are we minimizing very specific triggers by equating them with more generalized tropes? So I think I got a little heavier on this one than I intended to, but it is something that I've been thinking about for weeks. It is something that's come up quite often lately with reader responsibility discussions and author responsibility discussions 
and reviewer responsibility discussions and knowing what can be put into a blurb or an ad or a listing so that it does not get suppressed, so that it does not get, um, God, there's another word that I can't think of right now, but basically a lot of negative press uh, pre-publication or from people who haven't read it strictly because the trope is listed. Um, Because I've seen that too. People who have, this is all other conversation, people who will write a review that they haven't read the book. One-star review, I haven't read the book, but I refuse to read it because blah, blah, blah was listed in the blurb. That's another whole story. Maybe that's another podcast. But where does the responsibility lie? And what do you guys think as far as when a trope becomes a trigger, how they're different, how they're the same, and um, what, what do you guys feel is the best way to get that information out to other people? to other readers so that we can be safe in our reading endeavors because we want to read to enjoy, right? We all like to read to enjoy, even though certain books make me cry. I still read them to enjoy them and I still love them because there's that HEA. But how do we draw the line? How do we get the word out? How do we respect an author's space and a reader's space within that limit of tropes and triggers? that might be um, hard for some people to read. Well, so that is it for this time. Um, I'm glad you decided to pop in and join me on this latest adventure in podcasting and down the rabbit hole I go. Uh, Hopefully you'll chime in to the comments on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, with uh, what your thoughts are, just pop into the comments on the episode 17 podcast posts and let me know what you think. Uh, you can also come check out the Discord server, join the conversation there. And as always, you can email me or send me a direct message if you want to let me know your thoughts, but you're not quite comfortable posting a comment on the post. That's perfectly fine. So uh, next week, we have something really, really special for you guys. Uh, Julie and I had the chance to chat with cover model Dan Rengaring. I think that's how he pronounces his last name. Damn it, I need to check that. But we, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of us know Dan. Uh, he is a very popular, very in-demand cover model. And um, he's going to be joining us along with author Catherine L. Evans, who is one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite authors. Uh, Dan is one of her cover models, was inspirational for her. Uh, in writing one of her books. And they are going to join Julie and I in a discussion on the podcast about being a cover model and being an author and what goes into putting these covers together, uh, which is something that I've always been really interested in and hearing it from their perspective is is really cool. And since Stan's a cover model, we thought we have to bring this in video also. So there will be video from our Zoom chat available on Facebook and uh, probably the website, if I can figure out how to make that work (laughs) about this. And then the audio only will be available through the podcast as well. Uh, Until then, you can find me on Facebook at Brazen Brazen Bookworms, Unrighteous Reading Rebellion. 
Uh, also on Instagram and TikTok as Brazen Bookworm. Also on Discord. Uh, remember, it's B-R-A-Y-Z-E-N-B-O-O-K-W-Y-R-M. Um, just uh, pop in. Let me know what your thoughts are. Even if it's not about the podcast, you just want to stop in and say hi. Tell me about the latest book that you've read. Um, what's coming up in your life book-wise? I'd love to hear about all that also. And uh, you can email me at any time brazenbookworm at gmail.com. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts and insights on this episode, as well as things you might like to hear me talk about in the future. Uh, So hop on over and I can't wait to connect with y'all again.